Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features an excerpt from The Witch's Child by Susan Van Kirk. It's read by local actor Kathy Chestnut Mollica. The Witch's Child was published by Prairie Lights Publishing in September of 2021. If you would like to help support this podcast, listen for details in the closing of this episode on how to become a patron and get some fun perks. Years later, Grace Kimball would wonder if fate had placed her at the depot restaurant on that May morning when the witch's daughter returned to the small town of Endurance. Could she have anticipated the whirlwind that would return with her? Grace was drinking coffee and discussing a story about the city council's decision to raise water rates with her boyfriend, Jeff Maitland. T.J. Sweeney had joined them, listening to Jeff's explanation. Not only was Teresa Johanna Sweeney a gifted detective who'd solved two murders the previous winter, but she was also Grace's former student and best friend. It was a lovely day in endurance, and they were all smiles at a time when nothing big was breaking in their lives. Peaceful, calm, delightful. Endurance had always been a railroad town. Some of the bricks in the restaurant's walls came from the old depot. The menu was based on railroad slang, and the depot had a small-town ambiance, the smell of coffee and cinnamon rolls drifting on the air. At the tables sat farmers discussing corn and soybean futures and families having breakfast out with children. Looking toward the window, Grace thought May was her favorite month because the blue skies and flowers everywhere reminded her another summer was coming, hers for the taking. It had been a year since she'd retired from teaching at Endurance High School, and now it seemed perfectly normal to be absent from her classroom with bells ringing to signal the end of each English class. Did she miss it? Well, maybe a little. It was her students she missed. Her eyes moved past death toward the door, and he and TJ both heard Grace's sharp intake of breath, <gasps> her eyes staring at something beyond them. Grace, what's up? T.J. set her coffee cup down and turned in the direction of her friend's stare. Grace tapped T.J.'s arm, leaning on the table as they waited for their breakfast. Oh, my. I think that's Fiona McKenzie. Recognition dawned in T.J.'s eyes. Well, I'll be. Who's Fiona McKenzie? Jeff turned to gaze across the room. A young woman with wavy red hair stood at the door of the depot studying the tables breathtaking. She caught the eyes of everyone in the restaurant. Even the waitresses stopped what they were doing and stared at the woman. She was dressed in a tartan skirt of green, navy, and blue with red and white crisscross lines and a green sleeveless silk blouse. Over her shoulder hung a tweed and leather single buckle handbag. The woman looked troubled as her eyes scrutinized each diner. Then as her gaze settled on Grace, an incredulous smile brightened her young face, and she made her way through the cluster of tables. Strangely, a hush fell on the room as other diners stared at her, whispering among themselves. Before the woman reached their table, Grace was sure she heard someone mutter words like, We don't need her kind here. Why were people so mean? Ignoring her surroundings, 
The newcomer walked toward them with unwavering confidence, her smile widening as she approached. Miss Kimball, her voice was melodic. Oh, and Detective Sweeney, who saved me from the mob. Good to see you again, too. She shook hands with the detective. All three stood, Grace holding out her arms to embrace the young woman. Fiona Mackenzie, it's been what, seven, eight years? More. Ten. It's so good to recognize a familiar face in this room full of unforgiving stares. But then, I knew you'd be here. You're the one I remembered, Miss Kimball, and wanted to see again. The lovely fragrance of bacon and cinnamon rolls brings back memories of so many breakfasts in this small town. Her eyes twinkled as her smile widened. The unusual silence was quickly filled by customers gossiping among themselves, some still looking over at Fiona, not even attempting to hide their stares. Grace introduced Jeff. He's the editor of the Endurance Register. Jeff Maitland, this is Fiona McKenzie, former student of mine who left too quickly, too long ago. She reached over and hugged Fiona again, then held her at arm's length. Call me Grace. Miss Kimball seems too formal for adults. Grace. They all sat, Fiona across from Jeff. I can feel the happy vibes between you two. That's nice. Since you run the newspaper, at least I can expect positive press. Jeff studied her. Good to meet you, Fiona. You have the most amazing eyes. Kind of smoky gray. Don't think I've ever seen gray eyes before. She smiled. They've been passed down in my family in every generation since we came here from Scotland in the 18th century. Charcoal colored. Like the fur of my cat, Sky. Uh-huh. How about some breakfast? said Jeff, gazing at her eyes. We only just ordered. Grace smiled, realizing Jeff was falling under the spell of Fiona's beauty. Men. Fiona turned her head. Her eyes darted around the restaurant, her lips pressed together, and her body shifted in the chair. I don't want to bring you trouble. Grace touched her hand. You can't bring us trouble, if not breakfast. How about a cup of coffee? You can spare a little time, can't you? It's been so long. Grace sighed. A half-smile broke across her lips as her shoulders visibly relaxed. I can. I was hoping to see you, Miss... Grace, you haven't changed a bit. Same welcoming smile and air of kindness. I always felt so safe when I was with you. And you too, Detective Sweeney. And what brings you back to endurance? Jeff asked signaling to the waitress. The prison called yesterday about my mother. Jeff turned to her in surprise, and before he could say anything, a waitress stopped at their table with breakfast platters. Refocusing, he said, Oh, and uh, Beverly, we need an extra coffee for Fiona, please. Put it on my bill. The waitress set their plates on the table, pulled out her order tablet, scribbled something, and put it back in her pocket. Sure, Mr. Matlin, I'll refill your coffees also. I'll be right back. After she left, Grace inhaled the sweet scent of omelets, bacon, and breakfast biscuits. Jeff looked at Fiona. I don't want to seem too nosy, but prison? My mother. She's been in prison. Grace listened to the conversation, but occasionally glanced at TJ, who kept her eyes on the front door of the restaurant, 
habit police detectives cultivated. What's up with your mother? TJ asked. Before she could continue, Grace broke in. Everything all right? Your mother good? No, I'm afraid not. She passed away yesterday. They called me since I'm her only child. I need to make arrangements to bring her back here for burial. I'm so sorry, Fiona. She was still young, probably in her 50s. This has been awful for the both of you. Grace reached over and patted her hand, all the while remembering. Ten years? Would this story once again come back with Fiona to haunt them? Yes, 55. My mother was 55. It's just, I felt sad for her. She had aged considerably and wasn't in the best of health. Without her herbs and tonics, she went downhill quickly. When I left Endurance to live with my aunt in Cincinnati, Sybil, my mother, and I didn't correspond. I found it hard to forgive what she'd done. I'm afraid, to my regret, I carried my bitterness too long. After all, she was my mother, and I loved her. Now I'm out of college and have a good job as a medical data analyst, and I've tried to leave the past behind. Well, I'm hoping now she'll leave me alone. Jeff swallowed a forkful of omelet, knitted his eyebrows, and crooked his head to one side. Leave you alone? I thought you said she'd... She died. Grace turned to him. It's a difficult story, and a sad one. The uproar came before you moved here. The waitress returned with a fresh coffee for Fiona and refills for Grace and Jeff. They waited for her to leave. What Grace means, Mr. Maitland, is my mother is... was... A witch? Sybil Mackenzie, a grand Scottish name, with a line of descendants, many of whom inherited the site or are herbal healers, practitioners of witchcraft. Grace is right. Difficult story and a sad one. Before journalist Jeff could ask 50 questions, Grace broke in. What can I do to help you? Do you have somewhere to stay? Do you need help making arrangements? Fiona took a sip of coffee and set her cup down. Her voice took on a determined edge. I'm good. I'm at the Butterfield's bed and breakfast, going to the funeral home today, talking with the cemetery people next. Not sure when they'll release her body, but I imagine the funeral home can handle those details. It would be nice to have a small, quiet service. However, I'm not sure the town will allow it. TJ spoke quietly, prying her eyes away from the front door. I'm afraid people remember what happened before you left. The trial and all. You'd think after ten years it would settle down. People would forget. I'm not so sure. Plus, by now, the national newspapers and social media platforms will be dragging up the past since she's died. I'm sure they'll do their worst. Jeff glanced at Fiona. Whatever you have in mind, I bet TJ could make it work for you. Fiona turned to the detective. TJ, you were so kind to me when all of that happened, back when I was a confused high school kid. I remember you talked to me and helped calm my fears. Doing my job, Fiona. TJ put her napkin on the table, breakfast quickly done. Grace, silently watching TJ's face, was surprised at her terse answer. 
the detective added. It would be good of you to let me know your plans once you have a solid schedule. You'll certainly be invited to the funeral service, but I sense you have some other thought behind your concerns for my plans. TJ looked at her plate. She paused. I'm not sure of your reception in town. Then she glanced towards the door again. Grace noticed TJ's eyes, picking out something across the room. Despite my appearance here, I was hoping to deal with my mother and leave shortly after the funeral. Sounds like a workable plan. I can reach you at the B&B, right? TJ asked. Before Fiona could reply, the detective pushed her chair back and strode swiftly toward the front door. The other diners watched her decisive movements, wondering what was happening. TJ grabbed the arm of a man at the doorway and turned him around toward the street, but not before they could hear his angry comments. She doesn't belong here. She kills people. Get her out of town before I have to do it myself, Sweeney. He turned and pointed toward Grace's table. You're dead, Mackenzie. This reading of The Witch's Child was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. You can learn more about Susan on her website, susanvankirk.com. For more mystery podcast fun, check out the Poisoned Pens Bookstore podcast. Authors such as Diana Gabaldon, James Rollins, Michael Connolly, Janet Ivanovich, and Jacqueline Winspear are regular guests on the Poison Pen Bookstore's podcast of Conversations with Authors. Go to poisonedpen.podbean.com to search for your favorite authors or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. If you'd like to help us be able to continue to bring you more mystery fun, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kingsriverlife. Even a dollar a month can make a difference and we could really use your support. We also have some cool merchandise available on Redbubble. Check the show notes for the links and for the links to our websites and social media. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter for bonus content. If you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it as this helps make us easier for others to find. And be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, this is your announcer wishing you a life full of mystery.